The Mom Buns Podcast is part girl talk, part therapy session, and loads of life hacks in between. Join two college BFFs who reunited in their 30s with careers, husbands, and babies in tow. Moms have a lot to say, and we aren't holding back. Hey, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Mom Buns Podcast. I'm Lauren, and joined by Ashley, as always. Hey, Ash, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you, though? I have survived. The week. The motto of the week is just survival, um, and... I find myself in Minneapolis in a hotel room. I'm coming off the end of like a pretty wicked stretch of of speaking and traveling. Um, And also this cold that my kids decided to share with me. So it's been a week of survival for sure. Yes. The cold in the summer. What is that, dude? I don't know. And I don't know where they would have got it. It like came out of nowhere just last week. Um, Palmer started, he had a fever just randomly. He'd have a fever at night. He'd wake up in the morning. He'd be fine. After nap, he'd have a fever again. And so poor daycare, um, friend of ours. And, you know, she was just trying to figure it out and she was being really sweet about it. And he never really got the other symptoms, just the fever. Then my daughter came down with like coughing that turned into fever. And by Thursday, both of them were home. Um, my husband and I split the day and by Friday I was in bed, like when they napped, I napped, you know, kind of thing for Friday and Saturday. And so, but I had to get on a plane on Sunday morning and I was like, I think it's like a three day bug. I should be fine. If I can get myself on a plane into where I need to be like Monday, I'm sure I'll wake up and I'll be fine. Sure. It's now Wednesday. And I finally like woke up yesterday kind of feeling almost normal. And then today feeling almost back to normal, but it's and, been a week. And mind you, that's while you're still working and not, but you, you have a break from your mother duties, but you're in the middle of like oh, yeah. working a million things. Oh yeah. I've got, I've given two full day workshops this week. So I've just oh, been gosh. like praying my voice last, which it has. So, um, that's why I was like, I don't know if we can record on Wednesday cause I don't know how much of a voice I'll have left, but we're, we're doing okay. So, but how are things in sunny California? <laughs> You know, we have the cold too. I don't know what that's about. Oh, it's cold in the summer. Um, and I have, a, you know, I've said this before, but I have a gripe because I don't think it's fair that the moms get sick. Right. Like, we don't have time for this. We do not, we don't have time for it. So I did all my things that I do, you know, to try and get rid of it super fast. And I luckily, maybe like three, four days later, I, you know, started, I was back to normal, but it was the same thing at our house. You know, the kids got sick. Luckily my husband had to travel all week for work. So I'm like, run, run away. So (laughs) I'll handle this over here and get everybody better. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think my husband even came down with it um, after I left and I was like, please, like, please take your vitamins. Like, please don't get sick. And sure enough, like, I think you stayed home like Monday at least. Um, so he got it too. And then I had to remind myself, like he would have still gotten it even if I was still home and, uh, he was able to send the kids to daycare. So we actually had the whole day to sleep and kind of recover for the, for the time that he did have them that night. So, um, yeah, I, I felt super guilty, but I totally understand like, and good for you for taking one for the team. And, Getting your kicking your husband out so he didn't have to deal with that. I know. I just thought, you know what, this works out perfectly because it's hard, you know, 
everybody's grouchy when they're sick. And so I'm like, I don't need him to get sick either. Like this works out really well. And, you know, we always talk about, we ease into his, his work season where it starts to pick up right about now. And so like, normally I would be like, Oh man, it's five days. You know, the girls and I start getting grouchy by day three and a half. And this time I was like, you got to go, dude, you got to go. Like, this is a good, a great thing. Like go work, go be healthy, stay away from the plague in our house. So, I mean, it, you know, you do what you got to do, but I just, at the same time, it's like, well, why are we sick during the summer? No, I don't, I don't understand where you, like sickness in the summer comes from, especially like, you know, where you and I live, like, it's really not humid. There's really not like drastic temperature changes. Like it's a pretty mild climate. Yeah. Um, even if it's warm and I'm like, where does this come from? I have no idea. Yeah. So, but and surely it's warm. not, yeah, surely it's not me or your husband bringing things up, you know, back to the house from the planes and from our travels. Like certainly it couldn't be that. Right. Well, I wouldn't think so, but also like, I mean, it could be the germs at the mall for goodness sakes. Yeah. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Some snotty kid at daycare knows not attitude, but some snotty um, kid at daycare, you know, wipe their sleeve and then, you know, touch their, your kid's face. I mean, and then when one person's down, you're done. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. And then that reminds me of getting back to school and, oh. uh, you know, kids sharing germs, especially when they haven't been around each other um, at all. Or like kids going into kindergarten, I mean, like kindergartners get sick, like none other. Cause a lot of those kids maybe haven't been in daycares or in settings where they've been like exposed, you know, to like yep. the filth that is like four and five and six year old kids, like being snotty and, coughing on things and not being disciplined at washing their hands and stuff. Um, just thinking about that too. It's like, oh, here it comes, right? We just, yes. we're just wading into a whole series of, um, of warding off the sick. So. Yes. The germ infested school season. And I, I've gotten my routine down where like, I know what to do for them. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it takes longer for them to get better. I've got my routine down. Cause I'm, I'm like, if I go down, the ship goes down. Yeah. So, you know, like I've got my whole array of things that I have to have and that I'm religious about when I start to get sick and you got to follow it or you're just done. Yeah. Well, spill your secrets, girl. Well, okay. That's, that's gonna, okay. So I have all kinds, I've always, I drink like five big things of water at least a day. Yeah. I have to take at least two emergency, which I don't know if they recommend or not. I'm not a doctor. I just know it works for me. I load up on fruits and vegetables, even though all I want to do is sit and eat cookies. <laughs> Let's be real. But I will tell you now we're, we're doing a thing. What saved me this week and my very last thing of what I need to get better is, in, is on that list. Okay. So you want me to spill? Yeah, still. What's the thing that you can't live without this week? It's so weird, like, that I'd actually say, oh, I can't live without this. Um, it's a thing called a Neil Med. I was texting you about it earlier this week because I saw right. what you were going through. It is this thing where you basically put warm salt water solution in a bottle and squeeze the water bottle full of this stuff up your nose. And I don't mean both nose holes at once. So the way it works is if you squeeze something up 
one side, one nostril, it's going to come out the other side if you breathe through your mouth. It is the weirdest sensation, the grossest thing in the world, but it cleans out your nose every single time. And that is how I get over a cold in about three days. Wow. Because it just flushes it out. Yeah. Right? So that is my, that's my one thing I couldn't live without this week because that's what got me better super fast. And it's so gross. Yeah, it's super gross. But I know that it works. Like I travel with a saline bottle of Mm -hmm. like, you know, like the $1.99 like saline solution. And so while I don't tend to like squirt it up so far that it comes out the other side, I'll I'll get it up there and and let it help kind of drain my sinuses um, if I need to. But it reminds me like there was a video maybe like last year uh, you know, like mom squirting, like basically a syringe full of saline yes, um, or warm water, like into like baby's noses and like snot rockets shooting out the other side. That's it. Um, yeah. And I actually did that. I think with my youngest when he was, oh. you know, before he was one, maybe he was like six months old, like sat him in a bumbo chair, put a bib around his neck and was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, dude, but this is like the best thing for you and doing it before he could really fight back. There's right. no way in hell he would let me do it to him now. <laughs> exactly. But um, but yeah, like just giant like snot rockets like coming out the other side, and yeah. you know I can I can definitely see where that happens. Um, I tend to take a less gross approach, um, <laughs> but it's probably also a little squeamish for some people. But the thing that I can't live without this week, um, because I've literally done it every night this week, um, is the cold sock treatment. Have you heard of this? No, I didn't hear of it until you've done it. So lay it on me. Like, how does this work? Okay. Yeah. I've been putting it in my Instagram stories. Like, oh, I don't know. Every night since Saturday, because literally um, I did it at home before I left. I've done it in every single hotel room this week. That's um, it's a naturopathic remedy um, that's supposed to help like stimulate your immune system and kind of like get things moving through your body, um, especially at night. So the premise is that you take a pair of cotton, like they have to be like fully cotton socks and you put them in cold water or like ice cold water. So put a little ice in, put a little water in and let those just soak in there for a few minutes. And then I'll put my feet into a tub of hot water. So either in the bathtub or like fill up the sink and put my feet in there. Cause like I'm small, I can get on the counter. Um, so you do that. So you, you, you warm your feet for about five minutes and like really nice hot water, you know, like they're kind of like a little bit puffy and pink and whatever. Then you drain that water. You immediately like put out, you kind of just wring out lightly those really wet cotton socks uh-huh. and put them immediately on those cold socks immediately on your hot feet and then cover them with wool socks. And that's the trick is like, you have to have both cotton socks and like all wool socks. Okay. Um, and put those wool socks immediately on and go like straight to bed, cover your feet like with the covers and go straight to bed. Okay. So like don't have to, don't collect $200. Like don't then stand there and brush your teeth. Like just go straight to bed, cover them up. And what that does is then like helps pull like, simulate an immune resp- a system response like to your feet um so it starts to kind of like pull the congestion and pull the like where the immune system was focused on like your face and your congestion like pull it through your body and so it leaves your head and I've heard it works really well on kids um I don't know that I've really tried it on my kids but it does work for me so I've done it like I said for like four nights in a row 
Um, and I'm doing it here in the hotels, but I, you go to bed with like wet socks on and you wake up and they're dry, right? Because the wool uh, pulls the water and, um, and evaporates it. So I'm thinking like I've got to be looking for like full wool socks for every single person in my family and like maybe it'll be a Christmas present, you know, like that kind of thing for everybody else. Sure. Uh, that's the thing I can't live without right now. That and that is understandable. That is completely understandable. I love that. Um, I'd yeah. never heard of it. So props to you for, and we thank you in advance for introducing us to this whole method. That's what I want to yeah. say. But you know, like the netty pop thing, like I know that works too. And yeah. uh, maybe if I'm not so squeamish, I will uh, try that again if I end up in this situation. Well, you know, desperate times, girl, desperate times. Oh my God. That's so true. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, one thing I wanted to talk to you about today was your style of parenting because we've heard about yeah. all these things. So let's take a quick break and then let's just dive right into it when we get right back. Sounds good. Hey, it's Ashley. We've been talking so much on our mom buns podcast about building a village. So we want to let you know where you can find us. Buns not required to follow us on Instagram or on Facebook at mombuns.life. And Hey, our website is the same, mombuns.life, no.com. No bun actually needed. All right. Well, welcome back. Um, now, Lauren, we were talking about our parenting styles the other day, and you yep. brought up a parenting style that I hadn't heard of. You know, most people have heard of the helicopter parent, which is right. like a parent who's always around their kid, always telling them like, don't do this or do this or whatever. Am I right there? I'm right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like the hoverer. Oh, that's it. That's a perfect word. Okay. But then you said there's also the lawnmower parent and I didn't know what this was. So remind me again what the lawnmower parent is. So I've heard actually like a two, like, I guess we were just comparing parenting styles to like different means of transportation or appliances or something. So yes. the lawnmower parent is the person that kind of goes ahead and kind of clears the path a little bit. So not just like not just hovering around, but also like kind of proactively like clearing obstacles or kind of smoothing the path, right? Like making and it then, easier for them. Yeah, making it easier for your kid to go along. So maybe it's, you know, making sure that you're setting up meetings with a teacher, you know, to like prep the teacher for your kid instead of like the other way around or, or what have you. And then recently I've, I've been reading about the snowplow parent, which is just basically even more aggressive than the lawnmower parent and just like, like full steam ahead, like, like destroying obstacles and adversity before they even like get here, before your kid even gets there. Right. It's like, just even more so than a lawnmower, just like pushing out the path so that like your kid has like, you know, can have the smoothest, possible like no friction approach um I would have to say my husband is a little bit of a helicopter parent he likes to hover he likes to kind of be around and like um be involved with the kids a whole lot and like whether it's like keeping an eye on them or just sometimes he's more comfortable in social situations like hanging out with the kids than he is like making small talk with adults which is fine um <laughs> so he's definitely probably one of those I would like to think that I'm not either a lawnmower parent or a snowplow parent. I'm probably actually a little bit more like the 70s and 80s mom of like, 
let the kids figure it out themselves, right? Like you've got, right. you can give them some tools and some tips and be there to support them. But like, I would like to think I am the opposite of a snowplow mom. But then again, like, you know, that's just me from the inside looking out. Right. Um, and I don't know if I'm really successful at that, but I'm, I'm certainly not trying to, uh, to like keep my kids from adversity, but you know, but it is hard to watch them, especially as they grow up, right? I'm, and thinking about my soon-to-be first grader, you know, it's hard to let them, like, go fight the battles or, you know, just go experience the things that kids say or mm. adversity in the classroom or in on the soccer field or whatever. And it is painful to watch. So I understand my parents want to kind of, like, mow that out of the way and, like, remove those obstacles. But I also understand, like, how important that is in, like, shaping character and shaping a person. So yeah. I'm kind of conflicted. Where where do you think you fall on that spectrum? I feel like I'm, I would really love to say I'm not, but I feel like I'm a helicopter parent. And I think my husband would agree with that statement. Um, yeah. Because he's the opposite. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, don't climb on that. You could fall on your face or don't, you know, don't do this because this might happen. And I'm always trying to protect them from like, you know, like that when one of them jumped off the thing at the playground and bit her tongue and there was a big chunk taken out of it. Like, I would right. like that not to happen, but also that's not realistic. Um, and I think sometimes that's why I feel like we're a good balance because he's like, no, it's fine. Just let her like, let her figure it out for herself that that's not a possible thing to do right now. Like she can't right. climb that in those shoes. Instead of telling her, just let her do it and she'll figure it out. And that's giving them the tools to learn. So He's great at reminding me of that, but I'm always like extra cautious and, you know, I'm, you know, are you sure you want to do that? Or this could happen. And it's like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to raise people who are too timid or afraid to do things. But at the same time, like if I can help them prevent something from, you know, like landing them in the hospital, then I would sure love to do that. That's how I, of see course. It, you know, um, but it's, yeah, I, I feel like it's a hard, it's a, it's a tough line to straddle where you're like giving them enough room to figure things out for themselves, but also protecting them from things because, you know, like my kids love to climb trees. Well, just don't go too high. I don't want you to break your arm, you know, but if you want to climb trees, go for it. You know, it's, mm -hmm. It's tricky, but we definitely have different parenting styles in our house. And I mean, that's been a conversation of ours recently of like, hey, you do things this way and I do things that way. And we're pretty good about respecting that in one another. And if there's something that bothers us, you know, we'll bring it up to, to one another. But, um, but typically it's like, okay, I let you do your thing your way and I do my thing my way. And I think that helps balance the kids out. At least right. they kind of get that. a feel for, you know, someone's certainly a little bit more cautious than watching for them. Um, but you're also giving them the freedom to try things and yes. get hurt or, or be successful. Right. So, and I think that's also a, a piece of um, why this is important is because if you, you know, if you don't have adversity and you don't have obstacles, um, you also can't overcome like overcome anything to be successful. Um, one of my friends on LinkedIn posted last week, like you can't have a comeback until you have a setback. Yes. 
And I was like, ah, yeah, right. You, you mean like the comeback story is like, you know, in sports and otherwise is like, everybody loves the, the hero story, that comeback story, but you don't get comebacks without the setback, without facing something, without maybe failing the first time or the first few times. Yeah. Um, and we, we're going to lose those comeback stories as like a, you know, a generation where we're like taking those from the generation if we're not allowing them to have setbacks. And yeah, you have to let them make their own mistakes. And I think we have seen where, you know, parents have tried really hard to kind of shield their kids from stuff or protect them from things. And, and they don't end up being like responsible adults, basically. Right. Because they don't know the hardships or they're like, well, wait a second. Why is this so hard? And it's like, it's not that hard. People deal with this every day. It's just, you haven't had to. So, um, I think that that's, you know, ultimately our goal is to make sure that they're functioning, you know, properly functioning human beings too, and that, that can do so in the real world. I mean, we had a situation with my youngest one where it was like, do we put her in a different class? Because maybe, you know, she butts heads a little bit with the teacher that she's supposed to be in. And it was a long conversation with us about like, you can't protect them from people who don't like them or people they don't like for the rest of their lives. Right. Like that doesn't, that does them a disservice. Ultimately, we decided to move her to a different class because that class was kids, was full of kids older than her. So the curriculum was going to be a challenge. And that's what we were like, okay, I'm going to take that over you know, she's three, it's a foundation thing. But if she's an elementary, <laughs> well, I'm sorry if you don't like your teacher, you know what I mean? Like, that's too bad. You're going to come across people who don't like you and that's okay. You're going to come yeah. across people who you don't get along with and that's okay. But you need to learn how to get along with them when you're three and you're still learning how to like handle your own shit, so to speak. Um, right. I don't, I don't think that that's a lesson that a three-year-old needs, needs to learn per se today. Um, but when you're, you know, seven or five or 10, yeah, I think you need to learn those lessons. I think if you're, um, it is a case by case basis, but also like you've got to, you know, kind of keep yourself in check about how much you do for them and how that impacts them, which is just another file it under the self doubt and guilt category of like, did I do too much? Did I not do enough? You know? You never, it's, it's a fine line. Yeah, I totally agree. It's interesting because I also think how we behave outside the home looks a lot different than how we behave inside the home sometimes. Mm. Um, and I, you know, we were talking about this with, uh, with our counselor recently and, and we really, you know, like the, the spotlight kind of turned from the kids to like our parenting style. And I really had to think about that and look and, I'm probably a little bit more uh, lax outside the home and like letting them. And then inside the home, I'm actually probably like trying to negotiate more, trying to be more democratic. And, you know, I was reminded it was kind of like a little bit like being the experience of being on like the super nanny show, right? Where you yeah. like start to look at like how you're parenting and you're like, wait, is that really like, that's not what I was trying to be. Like that's how did we end up here? um from like where we started you know and she just like had to remind me like this is like don't even give the air of a democracy in your house like you and your husband like the parents make the decisions 
that are in the best interest of the entire family and not in the best interest of just one person or just one child. And you're not putting the child's needs always before what's best for the family and as a whole, like how you want to get them there. And I was like, yeah, that's like, you know, that's a really good point. And she's like, there's no room for negotiation. You don't have to negotiate with your kids. And to that end, you don't, you shouldn't argue with your kids, right? right? It shouldn't be an argue. It should just be a very like, this is, yep, I understand. I'm just going to repeat the thing I told you. Uh-huh. Yes, I understand. I'm just going to repeat the thing I told you. And rather than get dragged into an argument, like, and into a spot of negotiation or giving them a choice. And we're really bad about that. I know we've always been bad about that. So I feel like within our own family unit, maybe I am more of a lawnmower, start like smoothing things out just to kind of avoid the the flare ups or, you know, like making things a big deal. But in that process, I've seen when it's done and like how the kids are kind of running more of the show than Mm -hmm. the parents are running the show sometimes. And I'm like, Okay, yeah, like we need to take that back. But that's it's a good reminder. You know, that's also hard to do in a family unit, right? So totally. like trying to figure out like what do the kids get to make decisions on? What where do they have choices? And like and then saying the rest of the time is not like I'm not asking you okay as in if you agree, I'm asking you okay if you understand. Right. Right. Like what's a better way to say like I need to know that you understand or that you heard this rather than phrasing it in a way that could come to them as like, do they agree? They right. don't agree. I don't, I don't really care if you, if you agree, if your, you know, dishes should go in the dishwasher or your socks should be picked up. Like that's not an agreeable moment. That's a, did you hear me say you need to do this? <laughs> that I think is, well, I think that's huge. And I also think that like, it's easy to get trapped into that where you are arguing with them. And then you're like, wait a second, this person is not rational. Right. They don't even, their frontal cortex won't be fully developed for 15 years. (laughs) And when you put it like that, then clearly, but I think that's a really good trick, Lauren, that I would, I mean, I'm going to steal that from you of, I understand, but here's what I said. Instead of like, what did mommy already tell you? Because I feel like that's so condescending and so crappy to say. Yeah. I don't like that, you know, it's just when you're frustrated or whatever, then you're trying to figure it out. Right. Just, yeah. And we started to try to be more of that proactive, like being there and just repeating and, and not, not getting frustrated to the point where I was trying to bring in other, you know, other things to the conversation or make it a negotiation or even like threaten to take things away. It was just like, right. This is the choice, right? Like, it's actually not a choice. It's a direction. This is it. Yes. This is it. And if you can't follow the direction, the alternative is to sit in this chair. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then like, and even then that's probably like introducing a choice. And so that's probably like the next step I'll figure out down the road. But it was like, well, yes, I, I understand you're frustrated. You need to take your socks to your room, you know, like right. just, and if you can just stick in that same like phrasing and language, then it doesn't give them anything to grasp and to like to use on you, right? To spin. And they might not have frontal lobes like developed, but they're wicked smart and manipulative um, yes. from a very, very, very young age. So, yes. uh, you know, and 
it's exhausting. You know, like I'm sure as a stay-at-home parent, it's even a little bit more exhausting that that that's your social life and that's who you're dealing with um, all of the time, day to day. And so, of course, you're trying to get sucked into like different conversations and stuff because it's a little bit more interesting and varied for you. So, yeah, I think, but I really like that you acknowledge how they feel. And, and I try to do that with my kids, but I think that's a good reminder for everybody. Like, you know, I, I understand you're frustrated or I understand that you're sad or that you don't want to do this right now. And I've started to tell them like, in all honesty, mommy has to do things that I don't want to do sometimes. Like you're not alone here. Right. Like there are many things in a day that I don't really feel like doing, but I have to do them anyway, because that's part of being a big kid. And it's part of being a grown up. And the sooner right. you recognize that, the better off you're going to be. I mean, that's, yeah. that's my approach anyway, but I mean, but I think that everybody has their own, you know, they have their own version of their parenting style. And I, I love that you had this, I love that you added in the snowblower one. Cause I didn't even know, I didn't know the lawnmower was a thing and the snowblower or the snow, snowblower. Is that what it is? Snowplow or sure. snowplow. Yeah. Know. I think that's amazing. That's hilarious yeah. and sad and amazing at the same time. All at the same time. Yep. Right. Yeah. The last thing I was going to add is sometimes for redirection, I think the opposite of being the snowplow parent is actually telling my kids like, no, you can do hard things. Like if something's hard, like Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you can't do it. Like you can do hard things. Do you want to go do a hard, like let's go do a hard thing. So you understand that you can do a hard thing. And for my son, one day when he was just really mad at me and I wasn't going to take the bait, I was like, look, you can do a hard thing. Let's go do a hard thing. I laced up my sneakers and we went out into the driveway and we ran sprints. Nice. And, and you know, like I got him beat, you know, I kind of let him beat me. I kind of didn't. Um, we would like, and it wasn't about racing. It was just about doing the work yeah. and doing it that way. And he's so active that that was a way to show him like things can be hard, like in sports and in activities, but also in the house. And when we're asking to do things and like, instead of being afraid of those hard things, like, let's go confront them. Like, let's go do something hard, whether it's physically active, you know, activity or some sort of like laborious activity. Like the other one I'd really like to get them to do is weed my garden, right? Like you can do hard things. We can, we can sit here and do them together and I will do them with you. So you can see that, you know, our family can do hard things. Yeah. So when, when hard things arise, like they're starting to build some confidence to say, you know, we can do that. And hopefully I feel like by doing that kind of thing, I'm, I, that is a 180 from that snowplow parent, you know, maybe you're, you're manufacturing an obstacle or putting something in their way that they have to overcome. But um, it's, it's to prepare them for this, like this mindset of, of approaching a problem and getting through it. Yeah. And I think that's huge. You're, you're helping them be a better person in the future. And that's we'll huge. see, right? <laughs> Standing by. <gasps> oh, man. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for today. That was a good one. I like that little conversation. And now I'm, you know, not that I don't never want to get back to my kids, but I'm really excited to get back to them. Um, fly in late tonight in ankle be there in the morning when they wake up so they can come jump on the bed and snuggle me. So, uh, you know, especially taking this conversation in mind um, and just thinking about how we're kind of working through some of this stuff together is, you know, 
yeah, when I'm on the road, I, I definitely miss my kids and I'm ready to get home for them. So that will enjoy those snuggles in the morning. Yes. They, they will come early, won't they? I'm sure they always do, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, um, yeah, let's wrap that up. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Um, as you do every week, we super, super appreciate it. Moms and dads and parents of all kinds. Um, don't forget you can find us and share your stories on anchor.fm slash mombuns where you can actually leave us a voice message and get into the show that way. Um, you can find us on Instagram at mombuns.life and even on Facebook at mombuns.life. Um, so yeah, leave us a message. Let us know what you thought about this episode. And uh, if you haven't already, please take a minute to rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, um, Stitcher, SoundCloud, any of that, um, please take a minute to rate and review. It really does make a difference and helps other people um, find the podcast and join our Buns Up uh, community. So awesome. Thanks for joining, Ash. Thanks for your words of wisdom this week. As always, they are appreciated. Ditto, lady. And uh, in the meantime, we got to keep those buns up. Thanks for listening to the Mom Buns Podcast. And don't forget to catch our latest episodes wherever you find all your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. Have a good day. Bye-bye.